You're listening to Two Pauls and a Pod. I'm Paul Merriman. And I'm Paul Reed. Okay, today we are joined by Jerry Hussey, who's performance and health coach. Very welcome to the podcast, Jerry. Great to meet you as well. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me. Uh, just I know Jerry, so I'm not going to say nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, knowing this series, actually, uh, we are talking about, we have guests, but I will say that this isn't a guest. It's a very, very good friend of mine, Jerry. We've come very close over the last few years, which we'll get into in a couple of minutes. So, um, yeah. And he's my new best friend, so I'll be ending this short. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about um, a lot of different things. I was going to c- cover quite a few subjects on this, but um, particularly what you do and your background, Jay. But we're also going to talk about redundancy and, and what that does to people and for people and all that kind of stuff as well. So we'll, we'll get cracking into that. But before we start that, can we uh, start with your background, really? How did you get into what you do today? Yeah, it's, it's unusual how I've got here. I think there's a couple of different strands. There's probably three strands. The first part is my own personal story. Uh, a young kid grew up with massive anxiety um, and lived on a beautiful farm in the west of Ireland with loving parents. So everything in my external environment was 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 perfect. Yeah. And then inside I was crippled with anxiety. Uh, you know, and, and probably got to the did get to the point where, you know, I, I believe suicide was the only way out. So when you're at that point between 11 and 14 years old in that some young. ways yeah I had to grow up very fast mm. my mum and dad you know thankfully still healthy and well and, and loving me and supporting me brought me to every doctor there possibly was and we did blood tests we did brain scans to get to the bottom of it and eventually a top paediatrician told my mother while I was having a panic attack in his office that I was a healthy young boy and I was making it up so I didn't have to go to school so wow. at 14 years old, I remember there was an immediate decision in my head that was like either A, he's right and I'm, I am weak, mm-hmm. I am making this up uh, and I'm wasting everybody's time or he's missed something. And it sounds strange, but at 14 years old, for a little while, I thought it was me. I thought I was the problem. Yeah. And then I realized, no, I'm not making this up. I'm not making these panic attacks up. I'm not making my heart racing. I'm not making uh, this. I'm not making this up. This is real and it's real in me and it's real in my body and I need to understand it. And from the age of 14, me and my mother has gone on an incredible journey where I started buying books on brain chemistry and and the central nervous system. By the time I was 16 or 17, I'd become really proficient in understanding the central nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system, the chemistry of the brain, the link between your gut and your and your brain. And I started applying different techniques. So by the time I was 17 or 18, I was meditating. I was doing cold water immersion. I was using wow. exercise. And I could slowly begin to see the changes. Um, then I went into therapy and I, I found the, 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 the benefit and massive benefit in that. So I was, tr- I was trying everything. Not everything worked. But I was coming at it from a multidimensional point of view. Yeah. I was trying to find new things. And by the time I went to college to study psychology, I realized sometimes I was stumbling across stuff that I knew was working, but now psychology was giving me an incredible science behind it. And this link between health and performance and this link between daily activities and focus and performance and health, suddenly by the time I started studying psychology, I was eating it up because now I had the language to understand it. I had the science and um just before I graduated at 24, I wrote a mental skills training program for Olympic boxers. I started working with the Irish Olympic boxing team mm-hmm. and we went to the two Olympic Games. We won a heap of medals. I worked at Munster Rugby, Heineken Cup, 
we worked with British Track Cycling, Formula One, and I was bringing this science of human health and performance to um, all types of high performers in yeah. business, in sport, in life. And then after the 2012 Olympic Games, I suddenly realized that when I took my focus off sport, that there was an epidemic of stress, anxiety, mental health issues in, in the public. Mm. So I started bringing this message to the public uh, and trying to bring good, decent, unbiased, scientific practices to the public about how do we manage stress? How do we manage anxiety? What is performance? How do we create a business and a culture of repeatable, sustainable performance? As mums, as dads, how do we perform better all the time? How do we become more present? And ultimately, in this one short, beautiful life, how do we get to experience more joy, more ease, more love? So that's the three strands. One is me, myself. I still work hard on myself every day. The second is I've worked with some of the greatest performing companies and, and sports teams in the world. And thirdly is I'm trying to get this message now to the public that our health and performance is not defined always by something outside of ourselves, mm. that very often our health destiny or happiness or our experience of life comes down to their daily activities. So it's a long answer, but that is that is my background and that is what got me here today. I mean, you couldn't pick a more perfect answer, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Are you terrified he's going to ask you to tell you about your, your life? Oh, no, yeah. not yet. Jesus, I start crying. Um, that's amazing, Jerry. Jeez. And, and and with the performance, like just in the word performance, as you were talking about in sport, um, going in to help literally the performance of someone on the day of the final or the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, what you do now in performance with, you know, the everyday person who is not going to the Olympics is performance what do you mean by that? Is it just, just getting through the day for some people or getting to achieve something that they always wanted to achieve? It can be anything. I talk about two things and Paul and all we talk about this all the time in the group he's in, uh, task and work. Mm. So your task every day is, you know, getting the kids up, getting them out, getting to school, paying the bills, getting to work, running a company. They're the tasks. Yeah. So that's the process of every day, the things I have to do. The work is getting myself ready for that. So when I wake up in the morning, how do I get myself into a mindset of clarity, composure, calmness, gratitude? How do I set myself up like a high performing athlete for the day? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I always say, and Paul is sick to, to hear, hear me saying this, the right person with the right process doesn't have to worry about the outcome. But mm. too many people are stressed and tired and overworked and, uh, and chasing an outcome and not wondering why it's not happening. Yeah. So what I try to do to people is performance is the task. And that can be, as I said, running a business. It can be flying a helicopter. It can be performing surgery, driving a phone one car, playing high performance sport, minding children. That's the task. The work is how I turn up into that task. My mindset, my calmness, my composure, my ability to think clearly under pressure, my ability to be met with adversity and rise through that diversity to think clearly, to come up with options that nobody else can come up with. And the biggest expression I, I use is one from Viktor Frankl that says, we can't always control what happens to us in life, but we always get to control our response. Mm. And that is the work I do. I don't try to tell people that I can make your life easy and that I can uh, somehow I will magically make the challenges in your life disappear. But what I do tell them is, if you follow the work and you're willing to do the work 
you can make your mind, your emotion, you can make yourself stronger. And when you make yourself stronger on the inside, suddenly the challenges on the outside become a little bit smaller. That's lovely. Can you just say that again? The right person, the right process. What's that? Can you say that again? Yeah, the right person with the right process never worries about the outcome. So for me, trying to build a business, trying to buy a house, as Paul will know, trying to, you know, fall in love, trying to employ staff, trying to be a dad, you know, all of these things are difficult. Mm. But every morning I wake up and I I do my own morning routine and I ask myself the question, today, who do I I want to be? Mm. What would the best version of me look like? How would they speak? How would they communicate to people? What are my values? Mm. And if I can control nothing outside of me, but I can control everything inside of me, then how do I choose to turn up in the day? Yeah. And if I can get that right in the morning, by the time the kids wake up, by the time the emails start going, I'm entering into my day from a totally different space. Yeah. And if I don't take that time, then I'm meeting stress and anxiety of the external world with inner stress and anxiety, and it's multiplied. Yeah, that's lovely. Told you he was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's all right, this fella. Jesus. <laughs> uh, right, so I might just give a bit of context to listeners of what we're trying to achieve out of today's episode. That's okay, because uh, in fairness, you won't get much better of an introduction to somebody than that. Um, I met Jerry a, a number of years ago, um, and we could sit here honestly on a podcast and probably still be here in a year's time, and people still probably wouldn't have learned what they've could learn from Jerry. Um, so we're going to focus on redundancy because there's a lot of people reaching out from a redundancy point of view and what's going on in the world with the, you know, big multinationals letting go of staff and maybe smaller companies. So I'd love to get Jerry's take on that to see, can we help people? The reason behind the podcast uh, is to try and try and get as good information out to help people as possible. But I want to get the context of how I met Jerry and what happened uh, and led me to talk to Jerry. So I mentioned in a previous episode as well that we I'd been lucky enough to speak to Jamie Heaslip before in relation to doing podcasts with Jamie and uh, I'm kind of um, interviewing sole traders and startup businesses during COVID-19. I also did a, a session, a podcast session with uh, Bernard Brogan from Dublin Sport. And I mentioned before that I was kind of jealous of those guys because I'm not that structured. I'm a bit all over the place. Uh, I never had really good work-life balance. Uh, wife would be the first one to, to, to talk about that. Um, and I was jealous of the guys because Jamie especially was saying from an Irish rugby point of view, and Deb has said this to me before, like, you know, when you get to train, you're training. And when you get home, you're home with your kids. And Because you've got psychologists like Jerry. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you've got nutritionists and all that, that the right people around them, uh, as the majority of sports people would. And when they transition to business, they're usually quite good because they have that structure for years. I was jealous. Um, I remember saying to a friend, a mutual friend, Jamie White, uh, I was saying, Jamie, uh, just thought this was brilliant. It was with Jamie. It was with Jamie. He slipped on us. talked to Bernard. I was like, you need to speak to this guy called Jerry Hussey. Uh, I said okay uh, he says now I'm going to send you that's, <laughs> sorry that's a, that's a sentence I hear a lot yeah yeah. <laughs> so you need to talk to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Hussey yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he says you got to speak to this guy Jerry Hussey and in fairness no disrespect Jerry he says I'm going to send him an email but he's not going to fucking answer the email <laughs> <laughs> he sent the email and Jerry didn't answer the email <laughs> so uh, after stalking him for a while I eventually got him uh, and we spoke on the phone and what I thought Jerry did because I had performance yeah. that's all I heard it's performance psychologist and helps people and Jerry couldn't just ask one or two questions on the phone what, what you do what you want to 
what you want to get? He says, look, I have this group, he says, it's, it's called the Don Bombers. A uh, group of Don, you know, uh, work together and different things. Yeah, that's a, great. A Don Bombers? A Don Bombers, oh, yeah. Don so you grew up at Don in six o'clock. Oh, well. Don's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he says, a group of people, it's great. And this is in COVID, so it's all on online. Yeah. I said, cool. He says, so tomorrow morning, 6.30, you're going to get a link. Click the link. I said, okay, crap. So I get like, Sorry, I laugh here, right? I get up at fucking like six o'clock in the morning, go, fucking performance coach is deadly. And uh, get me suit on, yeah, yeah. toy and all, and run down and have a little kind of studio at the back of it. Like, up to the studio with a laptop and I click on it. These motherfuckers are doing like 3,000 press up challenge and I'm in my suit. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't realize it was workouts, right? So I was like, oh, fuck, I run back up the stairs, shorts, t shirt on, back down to the studio. At the Sorry, back. How many Oh, they were doing this challenge over the month of November. Was it for a charity at the time? Yeah, I think it was like yeah. three, whatever. I, I think, think that morning we set a challenge of uh, Ray Moylet, or something. Ray yeah. Moylet started the challenge, 1,000 press-ups at an hour, so we took it on. Uh, what? Yeah, I think I listen to this too and say, so this is how you set your life up and a lot of the usual stuff. Um, and now, so it's all, you know, it's it, it, it's um, it's it's training-based three yeah. mornings a week and then we meet up and we do various different things. It's it's the best thing I've ever done. And genuinely, not just saying because he's in the room and it's not a promotion for Jerry, but it's, it's, it's changed my life. Two people changed my life, my wife uh, and Jerry. Uh, everyone can talk to Jerry. No one's talking to my wife. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> just for the record. Um, but... It is. That's how we've got to know each other and become friends through that as well. Um, and so, I don't know, Jerry, there's a lot online for Soul Space and his own Instagram page. Of course, I need to drop a follow. Um, and if you listen, you will. Um, but I will say I'm not, pe- I haven't, it's like perfected what, three it, years, three years, I was working to get a bit more. Uh, nowhere near perfected it, but I know I'm getting a little bit better every month or so. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, I've gone through some stressful times in work and uh, I, I've realized what the process is now as well. So there's a lot of stuff like I haven't changed my life. Like it's changed my life immensely, um, but maybe changed my mind immensely rather than my actual life. I think there's a lot of stuff that I still haven't implemented. Actually, I know yeah. I'm getting there and I will get there eventually. And some days... Sarah would say to me sometimes, are you all right? Like, I'm going to say, i just fucking, this is just, I'm just feeling the cool. This is, everything's cool. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's calm for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. looking at me as a lunatic. <laughs> uh, but look, it, sorry, I'm not trying to promote, this isn't about promoting Jerry, but I just um, think, well, well before we get into the yeah. subject today, that is the experience and why I have Jerry here today because um, I think everybody, yeah, like I said, could do having a chat with him. Um, Ali. A lot of people going through uh, redundancy, as yes. you're saying, and and going through what that means uh, for your head, yes. and what that means for just the rest of your life, and how you process what that is for you. Whether it's a good thing for some, some people have taken redundancy and you know changed yeah. their life in that way, it pushed them into a position to do that. But also, yeah, you know, the reason why we wanted Jerry and Jerry because we haven't spoke about what we're going to sp- speak about today. To be fair, I know we've done a redundancy session before on webinar for clients of ours, uh, which was done really well. And that link for anyone wants to look at us on our Instagram page, the Ask Paul Instagram page, but the. The reason I wanted Jerry today and what I want to focus on is that we are noticing a significant amount of people being made redundant. And they're being made redundant in, I'm going to say, a very surprisingly way. And some of the biggest companies that are in the Irish marketplace promoting really cool financial well-being. Uh, actually, me and you have been in to speak to one or two of these companies uh, during, oh, let's say, the good year, so prior, prior to last year. Um, and... You know, they're now letting staff go with statutory benefits, even though they're making millions and they're now kind of giving them they're kind of I feel they're being thrown aside. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that to kind of uh, to blow this up anyway. There's loads of other people getting really good redundancy packages. Um P 
people will probably come to me and say, I've got X amount of money, 100 grand, 50 grand, 20 grand, no money, you know. Some people come and saying, it's great, I've got my life sorted because, you know, I wanted a change anyway and I'm in a good business position. But somebody last week, unfortunately, reached out when they're in a, an income that was a substantial income, like over 200,000 per annum, um, and they got let go by one of these companies. And unfortunately, they're, they're struggling to find a job. And they had their finances based on that level of income. Uh, and it's quite difficult from a financial planning point of view um, to see people go through that. I can offer a little bit of advice, obviously, from the, for a lot of advice from the financial planning point of view. Try give them a bit of, not say coaching, but it'd be okay yeah, yeah. and we can do this with your money and try and make it somewhat. But your experience here in change is really what I want to get across in this podcast. Yeah. I mean, everyone that's listened has probably heard me speak and is going to know what I'm going to say about the money and I can do that for them any stage and there's loads of stuff on the Instagram page. Yeah, which but, gives a great peace of mind as well yeah. but there is also... I know it does yeah. but I want to get in as I know, I know I can do a lot of talking in relation to financial planning but mm-hmm. I think for Jerry I'd love to ask Jerry what what would you be speak what would you say to somebody that's in that situation where they've got X amount of not even the money part but a career and now it's being kind of felt like the rug's being pulled from ne- underneath them because it's a big challenge for a lot of people today I suppose that's what I'm trying to get yeah. with this episode yeah I would say Paul just exactly what you mentioned there when I work with clients and in lifestyle medicine what we believe is bio individuality so no two people are the same no mm-hmm. people two people respond to the same thing in the same way redundancy is an umbrella term. But behind every single person that's made redundant, it's not a number, it's not a statistic. It is a human being. And that human being has complex, dynamic human needs, depending on where they live, what their age is, who they support, have they sick children, do they need to live in a place where they have access to a hospital to support that sick children. So for me, you know, you have 10 people that are made redundant. The impact and the interpretation of the redundancy is massively different depending on the person. So I treat human beings, not as statistics or numbers, as humans. So the first thing I would say to everybody is redundancy, regardless of where you're at, means something different to everybody. Mm -hmm. So don't be looking left or right and say, well, they're dealing with redundancy really well. What's wrong with me? You have to be true to your own emotion and your own experience. Secondly, redundancy for some people, as Paul said, will be a few quid, a great reset, you're young, you're single, the world is your oyster and away you go, the greatest thing that ever happened. But for people maybe like me that have a mortgage, uh, that have two young children, it can be terrifying. Mm. So straight away, as I said, depending on your family dynamics, depending on your age, depending on where you're at, it means something completely different. And it is, for a lot of people, it is not easy. And we must accept that. And we must firstly begin to own our own emotions. And that can bring up in people a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, particularly if they've been made redundant in a way that feels unfair. People want to be respected. We want to feel connected. We want to feel like people trust us and value us. And suddenly this can just take away all of that. So redundancy does a couple of things. The first thing it does, it starts to eat up at your sense of identity. Well, who am I now? For Unfortunately, for so many people, we're defined by the job we do, the house we live in, and what we earn. Mm-hmm. Our identity, our self-esteem. So it's even like retirement. When people retire, very often they're financially equipped to retire. And Paul and I have spoke about this a lot. But they're not psychologically or emotionally equipped to retire. Of course. Yeah. Because it's their identity. So the first thing redundancy does is it kind of hits your identity and self-esteem. Well, who am I now? What do I do? When people say, what are you working on? What do I tell them? Mm -hmm. The second is, what's the emotion it starts to bring up? 
And for a lot of people, it could bring up anger and frustration and fear. And in the work I've done, as I said earlier, the work I do is not about making difficult situations in life disappear. That's a magician. I'm not a magician. But what I am is equipping people with the strength and courage to take on what they need to take on. So if you've been made redundant, it has happened. And at some point, you're going to have to accept it. You're going to have to move beyond the emotion of anger and bitterment and and all the stuff because to continue to hold those emotions, the only person you're hurting is yourself. So at some point, this can't happen, has to be changed to it has happened. And Frankel says in his incredible book, Man's Search Me, now it's your choice. Pain in life is what happens to us. And I've certainly had enough pain in my own life, but I refuse to suffer. Mm-hmm. Suffer is my response to the pain. So now it gets to the point where you have to prepare almost like an, an elite athlete that's have been dropped off the squad. You have a choice. You accept that you're not good enough. You, you blame the coaches. You start looking for a way out or you start looking for a way back in. And looking for a way back in is about saying, okay, I'm going to leave the past behind. I'm no longer physically, mentally, or emotionally attaching to the past or to my old boss or to my old business. They no longer have a role in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm letting them go. And W-I-N, in order to win, I need to focus on what's important now. And before you get caught up in new tasks around finding new work, working with your financial planner, uh, sending your CV, networking, that's the task. The work is you. So how are you now? What is your emotion that's driving you right now? Where is your mindset? What's the story you're telling yourself? You have to now at this point say, right, I'm ready for this challenge. Mm -hmm. And if it has happened, it has happened. It is painful, but I'm not going to suffer. So that's the first step. And that's where it keeps going back to in the middle of a panic, there's three responses. There's fight or flight. A lot of people fight, anger, resistment, law, race and rush into the next job and they end up in the wrong job. Mm -hmm. The other one is freeze. We freeze and we just procrastinate and we go into a hole and we do nothing. And we start to eat badly. We start to disengage from people and our mental health just disappears. But the third option is flow. And in any stress situation, in any adversity, there is you can choose one of three responses, fight, flight or flow. So what does flow look like? Flow like standing up. It's like a boxer after being dropped in the ring and standing up and saying, right, let's let's take three deep breaths. It's starting at the most simplest thing. Are you taking deep breaths? Are you exercising? Mm. Are you managing your diet? What's the story you're allowing to build in your head? And people might say, oh, but Jesus, Jerry, that's not going to get me a new job. That's not going to pay the bills. No. But if you continue to hold anger and bitterness and you neglect yourself, there is no doubt that living in an unsustainable way, living from the hormones and stress hormones of stress and fear deplete your health so the question is with all that's going on in your life right now do you want sickness to add it in there or not mm-hmm. and what we know is no matter what challenges we have ahead of us in life if we're healthy if we're calm if we're focused if we're at our best we can take them on but no matter what's going on in our life if you add in sickness on top of that now you're in trouble yeah and with Jerry, with with the fight and flight, and and um, when you're in that situation, so you know maybe you've been made redundant or something's happened in your life that when you're in that frozen moment 
how would you suggest, say it is, as you're saying, the flight or say you're angry and they're fighting against it and you're already doing that, how do you propose or how would you advise to kind of slowly come out of that freeze or slowly come out of that moment in your life that you've taken or the fighting, whatever it is? If, you've, if you're already there, you know. Yeah, it's starting at the simple most thing. So it could be sitting down and just asking yourself, what's the emotion that's driving me right now? A lot of these things are happening unconsciously. We're going around angry and bitter and we don't even know it. Mm. So we have to awareness. We have to get out of subconscious programs. We have to become aware. So ask yourself, what's the emotion that's driving me right now? And is that helpful or hurtful? The so, way I'm thinking, the way I'm feeling, is it helping me or hurting me? Yeah. And the subconscious programs you were saying, just stuff that we do naturally every day. There's stuff just that we do and we don't even know it. Yeah, it's yeah. the stuff that we think is important to survival, but mm -hmm. it's not. It is your unconscious reaction to something. So what I try to train my clients is a reaction is something that we do out of instinct. Mm -hmm. We get So there's a stimulus and immediately is a reaction. Yeah. What we're going to, what we do with the work I do is we create a space between the stimulus and the response. We don't react, we yeah. respond. And that takes a little bit of time. That takes a thought. That's, it takes a breath. Yeah. It takes a breath. So it's simply starting off. Are you breathing? Mm. Are you getting out for a walk? Can you do a minute in the shower in the morning cold water immersion? What you want to do is you want to shock your subconscious programs and awaken your conscious mind. Yeah. And the science behind all this. So you open your prefrontal cortex. You change the biochemistry of the body. And now you're, because trauma is held in the body. We think that trauma and emotion is held in the brain. It's not. It's held in the body. The brain doesn't deal with emotion. So 80% of emotion is held in the body. So we have to move emotion out. Emotion is energy in motion. Mm. And when you're feeling down and you're frustrated, the last thing you want to do is, is that. But that's what you have to do. You have to move that out of the body. And the scientific evidence behind how it can change your physiology your biochemistry, your neurochemistry is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So every single morning before you go at a task, the work is how do I get myself into a better position? Now with, with the mornings, because I, I do, and this cold chair thing has changed my life. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of have to confess here, right? Yeah. I fucking love a warm shower. Yeah. I remember you talking about this. Actually. Well, no, yeah. I do. And, and Joe, sometimes I get into a warm shower and I'll talk about Cherry saying this, but nearly everybody on Instagram <laughs> is taking videos and dropping into an ice bath, uh, like, oh, yeah, like yeah, a wheelie yeah. bin out the back garden. Yeah, right? yeah. And, I, and I get it, right? But I, <laughs> I get into my shower in the morning and I just smile going, some poor Egypt's down in the thing. Oh. Now look, we've done, we do the, the out to Dun, Dun Leary, yeah, yeah. yeah, and jump in, well, I haven't been there in a while, but, and, it, sea, yeah. yeah, jump in the sea, and I get that, but, um, but again, listening to Jerry speak, as always, he'll change your mind on anything. I'm kind of going, oh yeah, I forgot the reason. I think this is the word I want to get across here today is that I forgot the reason of the cold shower because I can only think of the cold shower being cold, but mm. I forgot, even though I've listened to Jerry say it 10,000 times before, that it's the shock it's that the shock, un yeah. unconscious person into yeah. into into mode really, isn't it? And that's yeah, why it's a good I, way to I do it in the morning. for me, what I've learned over is if you're looking for the easy life, let me tell you what's easy. Warm shower. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, i got a pen on a hand here. <laughs> eating... eating Bad food is easy because it's available everywhere. Yeah. Watching crap on television is easy. Eating crap while you're watching television is easy. Mm -hmm. Not doing exercise is easy. Going into a warm shower is easy. <laughs> not, now, hold on. You not, say bad TV. Have you seen some of Paul's work? <laughs> not, <laughs> it's different when you make it. <laughs> not, not going after your dreams is easy. Yeah. 
the easy life is seldom the special life. Yeah. And we have to know that. If I was to always do what comes easy, I don't think I'd have the freedom and the happiness that I have in my life. Yeah, yeah. What's not easy is getting into an ice bath. What's not easy is getting out for a walk. What's not easy is choosing my food. What's not easy. But for me, living in a state without this freedom and happiness, because I know who I am and I know how I felt when I wasn't doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything was a limitation. And now I live in a life where I'm limitless. Yeah. The gift of the work is freedom and yeah. peace and joy. And Paul knows my life. I don't live in a life where I have no adversity. I have to go through the same rigors that everybody else does, yeah. with kids and sleeplessness and mortgages and staff and trying to motivate stuff. But I do it from a sense of this isn't hard anymore. Yeah. The hard, so there's a lovely expression, you've got to choose your hard mm. because it's hard not to have enough money. It's hard to live in a job that you hate. It's hard to look in the mirror and not be proud of yourself. And it's hard to end up at the end of your life with a load of regrets. Mm-hmm. So you call that easy. That's not easy. So for me, you choose your heart. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I wake up every morning. One of the things I do every morning is I, I, I visualize who I want to be. And I visualize why I'm about to do and think in the way I'm about to. So my little boy is three. I have a little girl that's seven months. But my little boy is three. And I remind myself every single morning that when he gets married, it's probably 30 years away. And I want to be there. And every single morning, I visualize myself tying his tie the day of his wedding and kissing him on the cheek and telling him that I love him. Mm. 80% at minimum of whether I'm there healthy and well comes down to my daily activities. Mm. And that is unscientifically, that is scientifically undeniable. Yeah. So every single morning, no matter what stress, no matter what companies pissed you off, no matter... You might have every reason to be angry and bitter in life. And I know that. You might have every reason, but you also have a freedom to move beyond it. And the gift that moving beyond it gives you isn't just about performance. It is about health. Mm -hmm. And deep down, people are terrified. What what, what if my house is taken away? What if my job is taken away? Well, what if your health is taken away? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we want to provide a lovely house for our children. We want to give them on holidays. We want to be able to do nice things. The only thing that matters to our children is that we're there when we need it. Yeah. So every single morning when I wake up, I give myself a why. We always know what to do and we know how to do it. And many people, despite knowing what and how, don't do it. So we need a why. Mm-hmm. Why would I jump into that cold shower? Why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I choose to forgive my old boss? Why would I choose to let go of the past? Mm -hmm. Because I want freedom. And in that freedom is peace and limitless. And when you begin to experience that, I know who I am naturally. I'm anxious. I'm angry. That's who I am naturally. But with the work, I liberate myself. Yeah. And I become a better person, a better person to to be around. I become a better dad. I become a better friend. I just become a better person. Mm -hmm. And that's the choice we have to make. So... I want to say to everybody, I'm not saying this is easy. Mm-hmm. And in the face of redundancy, in the face of adversity in life, what I'm asking people to do isn't easy. I get that. But if we're to do the easy, it often doesn't lead to where we need to be. Yeah. And we get one life. Roughly it's 900 months and we sleep 300. We get 600 waking months on this planet. We, and for me, half those are gone. 
So every single morning, I just make my... Paul really uncomfortable with there. Yeah, go, go. So what's that one again? You always talk about Jerry, the, the, the days or the months. Give it to him again. Yeah, the, 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 the 900 months. And 900 that's months. for me, WIN is what's important now. What's important today? Mm. Too many of us are so worried about the future and we're so caught up in the past that we're being taken away from the present. Yeah. We're not present with our children. We're not present with ourselves. We're not taking time to breathe. Yeah. And we're living in this constant state of fight or flight. And all the science is saying that if we constantly stay in a fight or flight, if we stay in a sympathetic dominant state, mm -hmm. it leads to illness and sickness. Yeah. So whatever situation, whatever challenge you have ahead of you right now, I promise you, if you come at it from in a place of health and calmness and love and joy, the challenge becomes easier. No matter what challenge is ahead of you right now, if you come at it from a place of diminished health, the challenge gets greater. Yeah. It's great advice. Thanks, Jerry. God. Um, I'll be listening to this one back. I don't usually listen to. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just on the on because you know it is a financial podcast on on that side of things where people are, as you say, you know, worried and they're coming out from that angle <clears throat> and to try to get their head around that kind of stuff. I guess I mean you know because you could sit there and go, okay, I'll do all those things, great, but there is the practical mm. side of going, I need to, the money, yeah, the money and mm. get a job no. or if you weren't set up, you didn't mm. get a good redundancy and all those kind of things. Again, this is all kind of new to me because I don't work in that yeah. industry. So it's a kind of different thing. I'm used to not getting jobs yeah. and all that, but uh, a lot. But um, <laughs> so. You're currently looking, aren't you? Yeah. I'm looking if anyone's. Uh, <laughs> and if, if I could say, and I tell a story that you've heard me tell before, you have to identify what you're not good at. Yeah. And for me, I'm not good oh, at a, a few things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And why I'm saying that is, I remember telling a client a story once and I was trying to get a mortgage. I wasn't getting a mortgage. The money wasn't coming to the business. I was all over the shop. Financially, I was all over the shop. And that was fine when I was young and single because I could kind of live on nothing but tin of beans. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, I was about to get married. We're about to have a child. And I was like, oh, shit, I better get my... So I was trying my best, mm -hmm. but it wasn't coming. It wasn't working. And I was telling my client a story about a fire brigade. And I said, if you are a fireman and you're going out to a big fire, you better make sure you have two things right. One is you better be in a fire engine. <laughs> <laughs> with the right equipment. Yeah. Do not go out in a Ford Fiesta with a sweep brush. Yeah. So surround yourself with the right resources. And then I said, make sure that when you're looking left and right, the people in the fire engine are firefighters. <laughs> They're not your mates with opinions. Yeah. So the right resource and the right skill. And as I was saying that, I realized you've been trying to solve your own financial problems and you've no idea in finance. Mm -hmm. And you've actually, you're afraid of it. And you're burying your head in the sand and you're going to talk to the bank and he starts using language and your head is just blown. Gone, yeah. And then he says, sign that, okay, sign it. I know what he And then after <laughs> meeting, my wife said, what, what, what was he saying? I've no idea. Yeah. And it wasn't until I heard myself saying that, I said, I'm trying to solve a problem that I need expert opinion on, but I have no expert opinion. And I'm trusting the bank or I'm trusting the guy that's trying to send me a product. But hold on a second here. And that's, and this is me, Plug and Paul, because it could be some other financial advisor, yeah, but yeah. Paul was the guy that I knew. It was the first time I sat down and I was terrified, to, even because I was doing it in front of my wife, yeah. because I thought maybe she thought I had some type of oh, great financial plan, because Jerry's very awkward. And I had to kind of just say to Paul, Paul, we're all over the place here. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what we have. I've, I don't really know what these products are. It's very exposing. 
Three, it's... Paul always says sex and money. I probably would have been more comfortable talking about my sex life yeah, or yeah, my yeah, wife yeah, yeah. than my money. It's very it's because yeah. I don't know there's something in it that we're uncomfortable about. Yeah. And I didn't really know Paul that off that well at the time, but I trusted him. Yeah. And I kind of said to Paul, "Don't try rip me off. Don't tell me a lie. And don't try ram a product down in my life. Yeah. Try give me a level of awareness because when I coach people." What I try to give them is a level of awareness so they begin to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And for me, that I never forget going sitting down. Paul, I was terrified, terrified of he's going to think I'm useless. He's going to laugh at me. He's going yeah. to. And I remember when it was all done, I was kind of waiting. Oh, geez, Paul, tell me how bad it is. And then he said, "It's actually quite good." Yeah. And I, for ten years, I had this story in my head: you're a financial mess, you're mm. a wreck, bury your head. And even if he did say that day, it's a wreck. Well, at least. You have somebody, it's like people who suffer from anxiety or stress or pressure and they're saying, oh, I'll solve it myself. And very often says, why didn't you come to me earlier? Yeah. So the one advice I'd say to people is whatever area it is in your life that you need help with, ask yourself, am I sufficiently qualified in that area or not? Mm-hmm. And if not, like the firefighter in, 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 in the fire brigade, you need to surround yourself with, with the right people, whether it's a nutritionist or a psychologist or whether it's a financial advice, because these people can do in 10 minutes. Yeah. What I was trying to do in 10 years, I couldn't figure it out. And I was burying my hand. So whether it's psychological help, whether it's emotional help, whether it's nutritional help, whether it's ch- help with your children, or whether it's financial advice, what I would say is please don't bury your head. Mm. The help is out there. Find someone that you trust, because maybe they'll all say the same thing, but you have to trust them. Yeah. Mm. And you have to sit in front of somebody who puts you before a product or puts you before a system. And one of the things Paul said to me was, I said, geez, Paul, everyone's telling me I should sign up to this. This doesn't make sense. And Paul said something that's in my head all the time. So I started by saying bio-individuality. Mm-hmm. Paul said, that makes sense on the spreadsheet. But the spreadsheet has no dreams. It has no emotion. It has no lifestyle. It has no children. It is not a human being. You are. And he said, Often what makes sense on the spreadsheet doesn't make sense for you. Mm. And the question he asked us was, what's the life you'd like to live? So I'm not going to give you a product until you tell me. Yeah. And I think for everybody that we're so busy trying to find a job, to actually to just stand back for a second and ask, what is the life? Where would I like to be in three years? Where would I like to be in five years? And I remember kind of thinking, Paul, I, I asked you to help me with the finance, but now you're kind of asking me the bigger questions. Yeah, like, yeah. And do you want to live in Ireland? And you're backing over to Portugal. Why wouldn't you move to Portugal full time? Why wouldn't you move? And I was like, because that's not possible. And he was like, are you sure? Yeah. So I'm in the coaching business. And yet I found when it came to financial, I found it hard to go to a financial coach. So that's not me plugging Paul. And no, no, I, I do appreciate that. And I hope, that, I hope listeners get that as well. This is not about us trying to plug each other because we work together. And I think uh, we've got massive respect for Jerry. And I know Jerry respects what I do as well from a financial planning point of view. But I think for, for listeners as well, a couple of things that Jerry just mentioned there. 
you have to try and think about if you are facing redundancy, you're going to be given, first of all, a letter from your employer to say, here's your options if you're getting maybe a bit above a statutory. So the employer's trying to give you more money. It's a very important, you know, just take it, you know, just take the box that your neighbors or your colleagues taking because everyone's made up differently financially. So somebody might want a bigger tax free lump sum, uh, but they might be younger, might be way away from retirement, they might have kids, they might have a mortgage. So everyone's going to be different. You need to get individual advice and professional advice, like the fire engine. You need to get someone that's qualified to tell you what to do or help you make the decision. But also, I find, and I mentioned earlier on about someone coming down from a really big salary down to you know kind of no income and being massively impacted uh, by the redundancy. But I've also seen clients being made redundant and they've been on income that they didn't need to be on because yeah. they don't know what it, they don't know what it, what it costs to run their life. They don't know. I only need actually two grand a month or ten grand a month or three grand, whatever that figure is, uh, and they're working either in their own limited business and they're working days and nights. I've seen this so so many clients who don't know what their number is. It's very important before if you are being made redundant or anywhere actually in your financial life that you find out what your number is. What do you need on a monthly basis? Because I see clients that might need five grand that are bringing in 15 grand. Mm. I said, hold on, that's three times more than you need. That's three times more than your... You're working now three times harder than you probably need to be or you're away from the family longer than you need to be uh, or you're stressed way more than you need to be. Yeah. Uh, so what's it all for? That's a simple question. So you might be, like I said, for some people, lucky enough that a redundancy or something like this, a kind of reset might be able to help you. So you might be able to go, yeah, well, I'm on, you know, 80 grand, 90 grand or 50 grand or 30 grand. And oh, Joe, I have enough money here. That I'm actually okay for six months or eight months. I'm going to start doing nothing for six months and not going to go back to work and I'm going to bring the kids to school every day and they're going to do something that they enjoy uh, or I'm going to try a different career I'm going to go away I'm going to try there's just so many options um, but it is, it is really important to get advice and very important that you don't just look at what the person next to you is doing because yeah. they're not like, 100% guaranteed they're not in the same situation nobody is when it comes to finance mm-hmm. there's nothing I haven't seen from finances but they're no two clients are the same mm-hmm. if that makes sense so it's everyone's an individual if you're looking at the prism side as well and they're going off doing something or they go for interview before you you and if you if you both get redundant at yeah. the same time and they're doing something it'll just make you feel terrible as well as you say bio individual yeah. i can't say it say it again bio individuality individuality yeah that um that yeah everyone's totally different and it just makes you feel bad i, I get it. it's a lot in my business because yeah you sure you yeah. come from the same park quite a lot and all this kind of stuff and jesus well I, I le- i've let that go years ago years ago if someone gets it you almost you've really gone fair play because mm. I know how hard it was to get there in the first place yeah. to get to, to get the part. But that's maturity, isn't it? Coming? It is, yeah. yeah that's, yeah. yeah. And you want to be competitive. You want to be, you know. But I find there's a lot of people and, and I'm going to kind of shout all the tech companies here, unfortunately, mm. in Ireland. There's a lot of people, I've seen this like said, the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been in this bubble of working in a tech company getting paid massive amount of money um, and not trying to say they weren't worth it, but in, mm-hmm. the, in in a world outside tech, they wouldn't get that salary. Okay. And a lot of people are getting made redundant and they've no other tech companies to go to and they're going back and they're taking a massive pay cut or they're going to have, they're going to have to take a massive, a massive pay cut or, or kind of really refocus. But, you know, they have never probably worked in another company. Mm-hmm. They've probably come out of college. Like if you're someone that's 35 years of age, there's a good chance that you're still in the same company you did when you left school yeah. or left college. Um, and you don't know the CV or the interview or, you know, going back for another job and you don't know what it's like to live on a lower salary. Yeah. Um, and it can be a massive shock to the system. So I think one thing, like you're right, you need that, that fire the, the team around you like in the fire engine like you know you need to make sure you're getting the right advice off the right people and you build your team um, 
one thing I will say, sorry, Jerry, just listen to you talk, and as always, it's it's enlightening as ever. And even some things you're saying, I, I've heard before, and unfortunately, they've come in and they've stayed with me for a few minutes and for a few days or a few hours, and eventually they get beaten out of me by life or something else. So it is important to keep uh, listening Especially. and learning. You're you're kind of always on the journey, but having the right team. So the the reason why when we went when I went into the Don Bombers was there's nutrition there's health there's physical fitness it's health fitness it's obviously your mind as well from a psychology point of view and it's everything to work I love it but not everyone's going to have the opportunity actually let's be mm. honest okay there's only so many people you can work with so what do we think and I think this is a question for the three of us because you know hey and I'm not going to show you not Claire's not on mic but Claire's in the background here as well so and Shane's here as well but what I'd love to do for people that are listening that might be going through that. What do we all pre what, what what team do we think we need? By the way, I'm not trying to say you need me as your financial planner. I'm not trying to say you need Jerry as your psychologist. There's nothing to do with me and Jerry. Mm-hmm. But just in general, what would you think you'd need? Like as in it's impossible to get it all. There's gonna be people listening today, Jerry, that can't number one afford all those people mm-hmm. or know where to get all that information. But would you mind me asking, what would you think is your top three priority? I tell you who's in my life. So um I have a great guy that I work with, Ravi. Um He's a mentor, he's a guide. I go in, I sit, I chat, uh, and he asks me really tough, difficult questions. Um, I have a nutritionist, uh, I have a, a physical trainer, and I have my wife. And my wife, as much as she loves me, she holds me accountable to, to I can't be saying things publicly and not come home and living it. So for me, to, because I live a very uh, busy life, I, I, I work with so many different emotions on any given day. You know, I can go from working with an Olympic athlete and the next moment I'm working with a, a mother who just lost her son to suicide. I have to be really careful around my own energy and emotion. Um, so so I have people who, who, who support me from an emotional point of view, from a nutritional point of view, from a physical point of view. I have you who support me from a financial point mm-hmm. of view. And people think of cost, but the co- I've done and I continue to do loads of programs for free. And yeah. I'm always amazed at how few people sign up. Yeah. If I do something for free and I've often done a three or four, six week program for free online and I charge 100 euro for it, I will have as many people paying 100 euro than free. Sometimes you don't want to give it for free, but I would say challenge in your head this question, I can't afford it. Yeah. I have an incredible amount. I, I for some people of my support staff, I trade time with them. Yeah. For some, so you think he needed me? Oh well, it's lucky for Jerry. He's a load of money, or he. But how, people don't know that, or he must be paying a fortune to have a support team around yeah, him. Yeah. Not really. We're exchanging time. We're exchanging, and there's a lot of free resources out there. Mm. And I think. For a lot of people, the excuses, the barrier, the ego puts up a barrier yeah. all the time. I can't do that. That's not for me. It's okay for Jerry. It's okay for Paul. But like we're just human too. We struggle too. And, you know, it's not that I'm making a huge amount of money. And I spent years where I made no money. And as a psychologist working with high-performing teams, I was power washing hair sheds every weekend just to pay my mortgage. Mm. So I know what it is to have no money, literally yeah. sweating every month to, to, to pay the mortgage. I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. So don't immediately think that a team, like whether it's our, it doesn't matter who it is, but there's a lot of great resources out there. There's a lot of great stuff you can find, you can dig out. There's a lot of incredible people giving a lot of incredible stuff for free. Yeah. 
And if it's out there, if it's scientifically proven, if it's excellent and it's free and you're not doing it, you have to ask yourself why. Well, yeah, you don't want to change. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the psychology piece, uh, and I wouldn't have said this years ago. I'm going to go with the psychology piece and the nutritional piece. Now, my nutrition is absolutely horrendous at the moment, but I do get it right some of the times. So I think Jerry, you said this to me before as well. And I was a bit down with Jerry going, "Oh, Jerry, diet's all over the place. We has all over the place. I'm back in work, busy, and I'm working nights and the work balance." I was like, "Yeah, but you get it more right this year than you did last year." Yeah, and that was great advice great because attitude, yeah. and then when I'm going through a bad week or a bad month uh, which happened recently over work has been really really stressful work I was actually not going to say enjoy it but I was actually to go through it without panicking mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be crap for four or six weeks and um, yeah and I just was able to get through it about the other side and I actually felt amazing come remember ringing Jay when they got, I just went back to the gym went to walk this morning yeah. went really well and there's not been great recently but I will say uh, the, the, the the good um, and the impact the good has um, and I've learned that uh, recently over the last couple of years so I'm probably going to go for good nutrition and then physical and mental health and like I said I'm not going to say finance uh, because I think they are genuinely more important than money mm-hmm. I think they are more important I think I think if you get them right uh, you'll get to the finance piece I'm going to put finance probably fourth or fifth on the list I'm going to put your, right. your head on top head number one your your attrition, uh, your physical, uh, and then your your family, like my wife and kids, or yeah, yeah, the business, and then you know, so that yeah, I think I put finance fifth, believe it or not. Wow, um, he asked me, yeah. Well, Liverpool Football Club's number one, right? <laughs> no matter what. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Celtic, I'm only Celtic. Uh, no, you uh, same with me. The head stuff, big time, um, for me, and uh, yeah, but the financial st- side, I really feel because I was in Paul recently and proper like chat. We didn't just yeah. have to crack, and uh, we proper chat about it and exposing thing that you've been through. Where you sit there going, "Is he going to laugh me at the room?" We're just going, Are "You for real? You're living like this." Mm-hmm. And one thing he said to me as well was was that you know everything's fixable. Like it's like not that I had anything broken but I was asking them mm-hmm. do people come in here absolutely shattered with like don't know what they're doing he goes yeah but everything's it was very calm I was mm-hmm. like oh and as I was saying earlier you know you thought someone's going to break in with, with to you know arrest you and you're just going, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to prison now I just thought, wanted to come in and pay me tax bill but um that one but yeah nutrition's a massive thing and every time it's mentioned I go in the gut health as well um, I have to really get on top of that and I am getting on top of that a bit better and the gym I sign up to my mate's gym who's constantly going just come in mm. like just come in lifestyle uh, fitness uh, and swords um, <laughs> or Concealy sorry well, what was the name of that gym you said lifestyle fitness thanks lifestyle fitness that's yeah, a good one yeah, true Brian and Dan in there Fair play, so Brian and Dan we're going to send you the invoice for that mention yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't get too don't get too excited yet lads <laughs> but it is that and, and the physio as well my friend Brian is a physio as well so it's kind of like uh, you know looking after your body looking after your head all this stuff but as you said get an expert to help you because I've been I was doing the same quite a long time I'll do my own thing I'll watch a cute, few YouTube videos and I'll be grand you know yeah no. it's not and that's the thing I, I, you know what it, it is funny I know you mentioned earlier when I talked about this because it's, it's a personal finance podcast uh, and it is I suppose with two, two of us having a bit money mostly but it's not that important. It doesn't make the money go around. It doesn't make the, money doesn't make the world go around. It's not that important. Everything else that we spoke about today is so more important than mm. money. Now, obviously, money's going to come into the equation at some stage, and the easy thing to do is reach out and get someone to help you with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously, whether it's me or somebody else, just get somebody to help you with it because it is quite complex and it can yeah. be quite daunting for people. Uh, but ripping the band-aid, the band-aid off, maybe if you're in that kind of bit of anxiety with your money or maybe looking for advice, but uh, it is not the most important thing. Everything else you've mentioned between you yeah. know, your head, your gut, your 
your nutrition, your your relationships with your family uh, are are, all, are 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 way more important than money. And uh, and like I said, it's it's very rarely I meet people that are extremely successful or wealthy. And what people deem to be successful, this is another thing I've touched on recently. What is success? We've spoke about this at length at times. What is success? Very rarely have to do with money. Like oh, really, yeah, really, really, very rarely have to yeah. do with money. I've seen some of the most wealthiest people, and I know you've done this as well, Jay, seen people with the most wealthiest people and they got the biggest problems in the world mm-hmm. and they're nowhere near happy and they're nowhere near fucking successful either, like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, putting that in priority. Um, Jerry, thanks for coming in. And uh, again, um, it, it's always just mind blown listening to you. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Mm. Biggest money mistake or regret that you've ever had? Because it is supposed to be personal <laughs> finance, even though we've done this personal finance for the last 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, from a strictly financial point of view, yes. at times I bought cars that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I don't, yeah, I don't uh, regret it for a minute. Now, they weren't really? expensive cars. They were old cars, but they had a certain appeal about them. Yeah. And I loved them. And they were a few grand. They were fell to bits. They broke down every second week. But I actually don't regret it. Um it's the worst. Okay, best financial decision. Best financial decision. The best decision of my life was marrying my wife. But that's not for Oh yeah, she had a big dowry, didn't she? Didn't country <laughs> big dowry? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think. God, I like think two bulls, a tree. <laughs> I think the best financial decision, Paul, and uh, this isn't to plug Paul, is working with a financial coach. And oh. whether it's Paul or someone else, um, it yeah. caused me stress. I ran away from it. I was, I was terrified of it, and. Um, it's as simple as that. And I would say the same with nutritionists. Getting the right advice from the right person is is the best way about tackling anything. Let's go back to your childhood, your earliest childhood money memory. So what was it or what was it? What, what, I you remember, because I, I reminded this all the time with my parents. I remember we, there was eight kids in my family, right? So big family, mam, dad. Ten was walking down the street in Castlery, which is beside Lenamadi. Yeah. I have my, it's the day of my communion <laughs> and I have my communion money. And we're walking, You still have it? I still have it. <laughs> I don't know, have I? You should know. <laughs> yeah. You spend enough financial consultation. <laughs> but we're walking down the street and there's a shop across, uh, across the road and they had a, a big ice cream outside. Um, a big ice, 90, no, the plastic 99s. And I said to my mother, oh, I'd love an ice cream. And she said, yeah, you can get one. And then she said, and you can buy us all an ice cream with your, with your money. And I said, I know I don't want one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've always, that's, great. Uh, I've, that's always been thrown back at the top of me. Yeah, it says so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do have a, a very quick question that came in through yeah. Instagram. Um, so I, I just had asked a couple of people uh, before you came in, had they any questions for you when it comes into, you know, from, from a personal mm. finance point, or for, for, for Jerry Hussey uh, in, in term. Have you started supporting Dublin GA yet? was the biggest one we got in. <laughs> uh, my son was three last week. He got a Dublin jersey and I'm ready to bring him to Hill 16. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> hey. we, we'll finish with that now. Up the dubs. <laughs> Jerry, thanks for coming if in. If there's really one good. thing I could finish by Sorry. just saying, yeah. one simple piece of advice is, and Paul, you'll hear me saying this, if you're being made redundancy, or maybe you're not being made redundant, maybe you're just going through something in life, mm. be careful the story you're telling yourself. If you're telling yourself this is going to be a terrible year, this is horrible. I'm in serious trouble now. Sure, I won't get another job. The market is terrible. I'm coming from tech. I'm, I'm not. Imp- no one else is going to employ me. You're feeding a thing called the reticular activating system of your brain. 
And we know on social media, the more we type something in, the more we express an interest is the more that gets added to our feed and whatever we don't express an interest in gets taken off our feed. That whole idea came from the reticular activating system of the brain. Everything you think about, everything you say is being activated in the reticular activating system. And now that makes you consciously aware of more and more of the cues that match the story. And it makes you consciously blind to the stuff that does not match the story. For all of us, the the brain is a threat detection system. And when you're lobbed into a, a position of threat or adversity, you start to see threat everywhere. Our life goes in the direction of the stories you tell yourself. You gotta wake up and listen to your story. Is that true? Right now, somebody who was made redundant on the same day you is going to become a billionaire. Mm. Right now, somebody who grew up in the same place that you grew up in, went to the same school, did the same thing, is going to live a life that you dream of. And for me, it starts with a story. And the story is, I can, I am, and I will. Stop saying, I should, I might, I could. This is going to be terrible. Everything you say is being downloaded into your subconscious program and forming a picture. Mm -hmm. In psychology, we call that pattern matching. Once you've formed a decision, once you've an expectation or a belief about the future, from an unconscious point of view, your conscious mind is only permitted to see and experience the things that match that picture. If there's one short thing, one tiny thing you can do today, change your story. It is vital to change a story about yourself. You are highly capable, highly competent, highly employable. You have incredible skills. There is still a wash of money in the world and there is huge employment opportunities. You have to begin to speak that mm. because if we begin to speak the opposite, instead of speaking ourselves into opportunity, we speak ourselves out of it. Yeah. That's a great way to end the podcast with, is the, with the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, thanks to me. Really appreciate Thank your time. Thank you so much, Jerry. My pleasure. Great to meet you. What was well. name that Jim again? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I got it right now. <laughs> you got it wrong after all that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Two Pauls of the Pod podcast. If you've liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe to more episodes. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any financial questions or if you have feedback from the show, just go to askpaul.ie or check out Paul's Instagram account on Ask Paul. And don't forget you can find Paul Reed on Paolo Rito on Instagram. Thanks, Paul.